purpose, obedience, prayer. Girls, let's study the word, discover our purpose, remain in obedience, and fervently pray. Christian Girls Pop. Hey girl, welcome back for another episode of Christian Girls Pop. Thanks for tuning in. I know it's been a while since I made new podcasts, so I'm so excited to get some new content out for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hitting me up and asking me, when are you going to post new podcasts? Thanks for keeping me accountable. I'm back in the game, so I'm ready to share what the Lord has put on my heart. But before we do anything else, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for another gift of a beautiful day that you've blessed us with. Thank you for breath in our lungs. God, I thank you that we have the opportunity to grow and become more of who you want us to be. So I pray that we become that. We're challenged. I pray that as we listen to this podcast, we not only listen, but we apply it and decide to enable future change. So we thank you for all things. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the authority and the power that we have through Jesus Christ. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this podcast is titled No Room for You. No Room for You. And the you that we're referring to is our flesh, is sin. So we're going to get into it. We're going to get real. We're going to talk about some things. And first, I want to bring up a scripture. It's out of Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Romans chapter 13, verse 14, and it says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And that's where I got the title for this podcast from. It says, make no provision for the flesh. So it's saying, don't give the flesh any room. Don't accommodate for it. Don't provide any way for it to have its way. Um, because once you do, it will gratify its desires. So let's break it down some. So your flesh is your carnal self. That's what you are naturally born into. You're born into sin. You know, little kids, they automatically lie. They automatically hit or say no. No one has to teach them those things. Those are things that they just know how to do because we are born into sin. And because of that, we want to do sin. We naturally want to do evil um, things and not necessarily just what we consider like super crazy evil. Like we don't normally walk around wanting to kill people, but sinful in the, um, aspect of we want to lie. We want to steal. Sometimes we cheat. We do all these different things that, um, are not of God that are not good things for us, but we're naturally inclined to want to do those things. So your flesh fights against your spirit. Once you become, a new creation in Christ, you're saved, you are redeemed by the blood of Christ, you abide by the spirit, you are abiding in Christ Jesus now. And there becomes this war between your flesh and your spirit, your natural sinful side and the spiritual side that you are constantly trying to grow and um, mature. And so there's a constant battle that you have to go through as a Christian. It's not necessarily a Oh, woe is me. I'm always going to have this battle. But in the sense of you need to be vigilant enough and aware enough that this is happening so that you can combat it and be ready to fight against those things. So that's what flesh is. So that's what Romans chapter 13 verse 14 is referring to is not having not making any room for your flesh. Another scripture that I want to bring into this is 2 Corinthians 5 17. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17. Some people know this, but you are a new creation in Christ. This scripture says, therefore, we are a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, a new thing has come. So we are a new creation through Christ. When we accept the gift of salvation, we become new creations. So all things are old things are passed away. All the things from our past, all that is washed away and we have a new fresh start. So that means that we have the choice to act different, behave different, do different things, say yes to different things, say no to different things, because we are a new creation in, fly, in Christ. So now what, that you're a new creation, you are in your flesh, you're still in your natural human body, but you should not act of your flesh. Before salvation, that's what you're going to do. You're going to be sinning all the time because that's natural and that's what you do. But once you choose Christ, you choose that you don't want to do those things. Now that you choose Christ, that doesn't mean that sin won't be a temptation to you, but it does mean that you have to make the choice now of whether you want to entertain those things or not. So this is how we don't make any provision for the flesh by remembering that we are new creations in Christ and we don't have to entertain the same things that we used to. We don't have to go to the same places or hang around the same people. And that is the choice that we have to make. Romans 6, 6 says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So our old self was crucified with him in the sense that our old self died when Jesus died on a cross for us. That is why he did that for us so that we also could make that same decision to die to ourselves, die to our old self and have a new life in him. So in the last part of that verse says, we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And that's weird to think about that at one point we were slaves to sin. Or if you haven't accepted Christ in your life that you are a slave to sin, because that's a weird thing to admit. You're like, I'm not a slave to sin. Nobody tells me what to do, blah, 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 blah. But if you think about all the times when you wanted to do right, but ended up still doing wrong, or you just, just completely just sin all the time it wasn't an, even an issue for you it wasn't even something that you thought about fighting against because you were just so enslaved to it it was just what you did now that we're christians we don't have that under us we don't we're not slaves anymore we're not having to constantly sin as humans we will make mistakes as humans we are not perfect and there will be times that we will sin even after we're saved, but we're not enslaved to it. So now we don't have to do what our flesh wants anymore. And that's a weird thing to say, like, well, how all of a sudden am I supposed to just change and just be completely different? One, by constantly praying and surrendering your life to Christ every single day. Two, remembering that it's a process, it's a journey. Some things happen overnight, some things it's a gradual process that the Lord has to take you through. But there are specific things that we can also do to um, fight against sin and fight against our flesh. And I'm, I'm going to get into that in a second. But I wanted to focus on um, kind of where I got the title from, the no room for you and not giving any room for your flesh. So I want to give an example. Think about if someone walks into a room and there's a bunch of people sitting down. Say you're the last person to walk in and everyone else is sitting down in a circle in chairs. Someone may get up 
and let you have their seat so that you feel welcomed. Sometimes um, a chivalrous gentleman or just someone who says, hey, I'm not sitting here any longer or hey, I'm, I'm about to leave soon. You can have my seat. That is a way to welcome you in to make you feel welcomed. And now you have a part of whatever is happening. We can't do that with sin. Bottom line, period, point blank. We cannot do that with sin. If sin wants to walk into the room, don't get up, don't move, don't accommodate for that person or for the flesh. Don't accommodate for sin. Don't, oh, you can have my seat. Oh, I'll just move this out the way so you can have a seat. No. As soon as we begin to accommodate, sin takes over. So going back to our example, if sin walks into the room, someone gives up their spot for sin. They're thinking, oh, sin's just going to have a seat right here and not really say anything. I just wanted to be nice and give up my seat for them. All of a sudden, sin is taking over your whole meeting. Sin is trying to have their way. Sin is trying to lead the conversation, be the life of the party, tell everybody else what to do, what to say. And you're like, wait, all I did was offer up my seat to you. Why all of a sudden are you trying to take over everything? Because that's how sin works. Sin doesn't just sit down and be quiet and sit in a corner and not just mind their own business. Sin takes over every part of our lives if we allow it to. Back to what I said earlier, we have the choice to make of whether or not we're going to allow sin to have its way. Sin walks into a room, you say, no, you're not welcomed here, you can leave. You got to be bold, you got to be a little blunt with sin. You got to let it know what's up. You got to let the enemy know what's up. Let him know we're not having this today. Not today, Satan. Not today. We're not doing that. We're not about to have this. Sin walks in. Can I? No, you can't. You can leave. That's what you can do. We have to be bold enough. You have to be confident enough in yourself and knowing I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that thing anymore. I'm not going to go to that place anymore. And I'm not even going to allow just an inch of it to happen. That guy that you finally broke up with that the Lord told you to leave long time ago, he's going to try to come back. Sin's going to try to knock back at the door. He's going to try to slide back in with that message. He's going to try to slide back in with, hey, big hit. Hey, I miss you, stranger. Do you remember when we went here? Yeah, I remember, but I'm good. Thank you. We can't allow even a second for sin to enter because sin will take you further than you want to go and make you stay longer than you want to stay sin will take over so say i don't have room for you there's no room for you here sin sin knocks on the door you said sorry we're full i'm full of the holy spirit i'm full of scripture i'm full of prayer i'm full of spending time with the lord i don't have time to entertain that right now sorry i'm not taking any um, if, if it's guys that you're struggling with and struggling with going back to your relationship, sorry, I'm not taking any offers right now. I'm not going on any dates. I'm working on something with the Lord right now. Thank you, though. You got to get real. You got to get real with it. You got to let people know I am not doing this. Sin, all it wants is one inch and it will take a mile. So don't adjust your life for sin. Don't accommodate for it. Forcefully push it out the way. Set boundaries for different things. Whatever it is, make sure that there's no room for it. If you're single and struggling with singleness, don't watch a bunch of love movies and romance movies and expect that things are going to be better. Now you've opened up this gap. 
you opened up an old wound and now you're like oh i'm just so single and i just can't wait on god's timing anymore and at that moment sin is gonna slide its way in you just finished watching your fifth love movie all in your feelings and now now your ex texts you and now look at you well i was just gonna say i was just gonna meet up with him just to see uh what he wanted no he don't want nothing new no no we will not make room for sin if you're struggling with addiction to whatever addiction it is, it could be drugs, sex, porn, whatever it is. Don't hang around people that entertain that. Don't hang around the same people that used to do those things. They're ha they haven't changed and they're not going to allow you to change for the better. They're going to try to suck you back in. Whatever it is, set up boundaries. Let sin know that we are not having that today. When you make provision for sin, you allow it to be gratified. Sin will have its way if you let it. If you don't let it, it won't have its way. Obviously, it's much easier said than done. And this is coming from someone who has struggled with various amount of things throughout my life. And I've had to set boundaries after boundaries. I've had to change my boundaries. I've had to adjust them. It's a process. It's a journey. And I'm, I'm one to tell you that boundaries are necessary and it's not easy, but it's worth it. Because I will also tell you that I have had plenty of times where I've allowed sin to have one inch and it's taken me way farther than I want it to. I've had guys approach me and I knew I didn't feel peace about it. I knew the Lord didn't want me to do it. I took it. I talked to that guy and I and I ruined friendships. I ruined almost a year and a half of my life dealing with something that I should have not even said more than hello to. Don't even answer the door for sin. You look through the people and you be like, oh, no, that's sin. We go, mm-mm, mm-mm, turn the lights off. We not here. Nope. Or if you want to get real bold, open the door and be like, no, goodbye. Thank you. Mm-mm. Or if you know, like, on those ring doorbells that we have now where you can, like, look and see who's at your doorbell through a little camera, you look at that camera and be like, oh, that's sin. Mm-mm. Push the microphone and be like, sin, you got to go away. Thank you. Goodbye. Be real with sin. Let it know what's up. Tell them we are not playing today. So don't give it any room. Here's a couple ways that we can um, do this in our lives in a practical way. One is to always pray. Always pray. First Thessalonians 5.16 says pray without ceasing. Constantly praying. Especially when you feel the temptation coming. Especially when you know that. There's a temple situation and you're battling with it. Be in prayer constantly. Two, read what scripture says about sin. And about that specific sin too. If it's lying, read the scriptures about lying. Whatever it is, find out what the scripture says about it. Find out what the Bible says and memorize those things. Remind yourself of those things when the temptation comes. Because what happens is when the temptation comes, we tend to forget truth. We tend to forget what the Lord has said about it. We tend to forget how bad it really is. And we think, oh, it's not that bad. It's just, no, it's not just anything. It's sin, bottom line. It's not just this. It's not just that. It's sin. So if you read what scripture says about it, you are more willing to not do that thing and more apt to be able to fight against sin because you know what it says you've memorized it you've put these words in your heart and now it's time to fight against the enemy using scripture that's exactly what jesus did when jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil 
three times, every time he used scripture to fight against what the enemy was trying to get him to do. He gave us an example. He showed us this is how you can fight against sin is by scripture. So we're going to pray. We're going to read what scripture says about sin. We're going to three, stay away from people that encourage that sin. If you're trying, you're trying to stop smoking, don't hang around people that were smoking. If you're trying to stop lying, don't hang around the people that make you lie all the time. If you're trying to hang around people, you're trying to stop gossiping, don't hang around people that gossip all the time. Remove yourself from the situation. You can't overcome your addiction to alcoholism by still sitting at the bar every night. There has to be a removal from the situation, a, a taken back from that thing. So don't be around the same people that encourage your past behavior. You want to move and adapt and adjust and change your situation, change your surroundings so that you're around people who encourage you to follow Christ, who encourage you to leave your past, leave your sin and follow Jesus. Those are the people that will push you, encourage you, pray for you and constantly sharpen and challenge you so that you are better for the kingdom and you are a better person that the Lord is calling you to be. So you're praying, you're going to read what scripture says about it. You're going to stay away from people that encourage the sin. You're also going to stay away from people that display the sin. So sometimes people will encourage the sin, even if they're not a part of it. They won't go do the same thing that you're doing, but they won't tell you that you shouldn't do it. Or they won't care if you do it. You can't leave something, like I just said, you can't leave something if you're still hanging around it. Maybe once you're free, completely free from it, you can come back to them to bring them to freedom too. But when you're trying to work something out, you can't be around those same people. Sorry, I'm working on something right now. I can't be around you because you're encouraging something that I'm trying to leave and change and take out of my life. So for this season, I can't be around you right now. That's how it, the conversations may have to happen. Those are hard conversations to happen, but they're necessary at times if you are serious about trying to be better and not make room for sin. You can't keep going back to the same place and the same people. Like I said, once you're free from it, please go back and get them and tell them how the Lord has redeemed you and sanctified you and and saved you from your mess. And now you have freedom and now you're not bound to that thing that you were bound to. And now you're not doing the same thing that you used to do. But in the meantime, while you're working it out, you, we're going to have to take some time off from those people. And once you do come back to them, don't come back expecting that y'all going to be buddy, buddy again. They will see a change in you. And either be drawn to it or run away from it. That's their choice. But you come back and you show them the redeeming power of Christ. So we're going to pray constantly. We're going to read what scripture says about sin. We're going to stay away from people that encourage the sin. Also stay away from people that display the sin. And five, you may have to do a fast to discipline your sin. Jesus fasted in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He was disciplining himself, disciplining his human self, his flesh, so that when the enemy came, he already knew what was up. And the enemy knew what he was fasting from. So the enemy tempted him with that very thing. The enemy will tempt you with whatever you're trying to remove from your life or stay away from. But once you, when you're fasting, you're disciplining your flesh. So it could be fasting from social media, if that's where it, your weakness is. It could be um, the traditional fast of fasting from food. It could be fasting from meat. Whatever the Lord 
wants for you and whatever he leads you to, that's what you do. But disciplining yourself so that if I can say no to this, I can say no to sin. When I was back in college, something that I was struggling with was sexual temptation and lusting. And so that was something I knew one was not from God. I knew that that was something I needed to begin to break free from and praying was doing some of it but I knew I needed to do some practical ways and I really just got sick of it I got sick of kind of going in this cycle over and over and over again of oh Lord forgive me I'm gonna do better and then making the same mistake and then Lord forgive me and and I got I got tired of it and so um as I was praying one day the Lord told me you should fast you need to fast And I had never really fasted before. That was something that I didn't um, have much knowledge about. And so I was like, "Um, okay. But then I used my, I tried to be slick and I used my little excuse. And I was like, well, I just, I don't know what to do. or I don't know how it should work. So, uh, okay, maybe I will. But like later on, he was like, girl, I got you. The exact same day I started scrolling on social media. And um, one of the most powerful women in the kingdom, Heather Lindsay, she posted a video and it was how to fast. And I said, God, if you don't, all I could do was laugh because I was like, wow, okay, there goes my excuse. So I watched the video. I got some tips. I learned the importance of fasting. I learned the the purpose behind it and how it affects you and how it can help you. And I was like, okay. And so then I asked the Lord. Lord, what does that look like to fast? Like, am I going to fast just for one day? Because some people fast for like a week. Some people fast one day and that's it. I was like, so what do you want? Like, do you want me to fast for how long? Like, what is that going to look like? And he said, just start fasting and I'll let you know. And I was like, you can't even tell me how long I'm about to be doing this. So, y'all, I was scared. I was scared. I was like, I don't know how long I'm about to be hungry for because Jesus won't tell me. So, I decided to um, fast from food and then just only drink water. And so I began fasting. And then after 12 hours was up, he said, okay, that was it for that fast. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I ran and stuffed myself so fast. (laughs) But I learned so much in that one day of fasting. And um, I just saw how I was able to say no to my flesh. Because once I got hungry, I had to figure out something. So I began to, anytime I got hungry, I would read scripture. Anytime I got hungry, I would recite verses. And that just gave me so much strength to make it through the day. So then I was like, okay, awesome. I fasted. Yay. Jesus was like, you're not done. I said, wait, but you, you said I was done. I'm, I'm sorry, what? No comprende. I'm so sorry. What are you saying? And then Jesus said, I want you to fast every every day, every week, one day a week. Fast one day every week. And I said, oh, Oh, that's what we doing. Okay. Okay. So I began to fast one day every week. And there were some days that were harder than others. Some days that were not as bad. But every single time I learned to just say no to my flesh. That was something I hadn't practiced or lived out before. Because the church sometimes just says pray through it and there's breakthrough there's breakthrough and yes there is but there's also us dying to ourselves us saying no to our flesh and sometimes we need practical ways to do that that's where fasting comes in fasting you are literally saying no to a like something that you need to survive something that your body naturally craves which is food you are literally saying no to your body and so as they say if you can say no to that you can say no to other things that tries to tempt you 
And so I began to say no. I began to say no to my flesh. And each week I was just growing so much closer to God because it was such an intimate time with him. I was able to really just have that intimacy with him, spend time with him, read his word, study his word, apply it to the situation that I was in. I saw so much grace, so much favor as I went through my fasting. And so I did that every week for about a year and a half. Never really told anybody. People asked me, oh, you want to go get food? No, I'm okay. I'm going to go um, just go do something over here. Because it wasn't necessary for everyone to know. No, I'm fasting. I'm, You know, like, it's not for everybody to know. The scripture even says that, like, everybody doesn't need to know when you're fasting. This is something intimate between you and God. But this is a way that we get to say no to flesh. This is how we make no room for flesh. That's how we, we don't even make even the slightest bit of provision by saying no to our flesh. And there's practical ways that we can do that. I also mentioned boundaries. You can set boundaries. You can set phone curfews. You can set curfews on when you're going to hang out with people, how long you're going to hang out with them. Whatever it takes for you to die to your flesh, do that thing. So I challenge you to pray constantly, read what scripture says, stay away from people that are encouraging sin or displaying that sin that you're trying to leave, do a fast, set boundaries, and most importantly, pray and ask the Lord, what can I do to avoid this situation? What can I do to fight against this this temptation? Because it's going to look different for everyone, but I want you to do whatever the Lord leads you to do and do it faithfully. We're not going to make room for flesh. We're not going to even entertain Satan. Satan, you have no authority here. You have no room to come after anyone that's listening to this podcast. They are women of women of God. They are filled with power. So I pray that you just enable them to do exact. Lord, I pray that you just enable them to fight against the enemy. Chains will be broken. Lives will be changed by us being obedient and by us fighting back. So take your fight back, sis. We are going to do this. We are going to live out what the Lord has called us to do in full purpose and full obedience and always praying. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm so excited that you tuned in. There are more podcasts to come. So excited to just live out this journey with you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for sharing it with your mama, cousin, sister, auntie, daughter, whatever it is. Everyone needs to hear about Jesus. Everyone needs to know how they can have change in their lives. If you haven't already, you can join our Facebook page. You can search us at Christian Girls Prop and we will join you. We will add you in. If you haven't checked out our Instagram, you can look us up, Christian Girls Pop. And our website is ChristianGirlsPop.com. New things coming in the new year. So I'm so excited to be able to share those things with you as they develop. But always remember, above all, Jesus loves you so much. Don't you ever forget it.